Okay, so we're back on the air. We're back. We're back. Oh my goodness! So, as I was saying, Gavin, your search I was, uh, was thrown I, up. Yeah, I um, it took me back to the late eighties, <laughs> and when um, in the late eighties, when I was a teenager, I have mm. to be honest and say, my teenage crush was Jack Nicholson. Oh my word! And I had That's posters. Hardcore, that is. I did have posters of Jack Nicholson on my wall. My mother was slightly <laughs> concerned, but then she just went with it. I can't help it. I just. Your mother is a legend. I mean, he's it's... the ultimate bad boy crush of all time. I Absolutely. have to. I have to congratulate you on that. It's funny because I'm not allowed mm. a poster of him on my wall no. anymore. Well, no. I'm not surprised. <laughs> the thing about bad boys is enjoy being enjoy them for what it's worth at the time, but don't marry them. Good God, no. Don't get knocked up by them, and don't get anything tattooed on your body relating to them because that's you know. That's a bit too permanent then. You've always got that connection. Good so, advice. But I have to say, I, I, I congratulate you on your bad boy crush. <laughs> None of mine could ever come close, except perhaps Oliver Reed, but that's another story. finally back after about a week and a half oh, not two weeks we yeah had, I think it's we two had weeks. a mid-season hiatus yes as they call it we did we did but then we had difficulties getting syncing up and getting together to well, record it's because, because we, we have to it's this this yeah. this weird time where we're not in lockdown we're coming mm. we're coming out yes and there are always are... difficulties when you're coming out oh definitely <laughs> well in this pride month I recognise that. that. Yeah, happy Pride Month. It is happy Pride. I'm I'm Dr. Gabby Malcolm. I am the uh, I'm a writer and I am the author of There's Something About Darcy. And I am Sarah Musselwhite. I am a teacher. I'm a tutor and uh, a little bit of extra information. I am a math specialist. You are indeed. <laughs> you keep me on the straight and narrow. Uh, welcome back to No Wire Hangers. Yes, welcome back now. It's a special Pride it's a episode. Special Pride episode. And did you know? I didn't know because I I barely know what month it is. Mm-hmm. But now I've just checked yes. on my Fitbit. It is the twenty eighth of June. And did you know that the very first Pride march was on June the twenty eighth, nineteen seventy? So it is the fiftieth anniversary today yeah. of the first. Pride, which was a year after the Stonewall riot. Of course, yes, I yeah. know about the Stonewall riot. Yes, yes. and um, so that means it's fifty-one years today since Stonewall. Yes, I got. Right. You can tell I'm good at maths, can't you? you? Are old. Fifty plus one. Well, <laughs> amazing. Well, this year is the fiftieth anniversary of a lot of really great things. So oh, pride yes, and, and um, Dr. Gabby Malcolm. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I'm going to embrace 50 this year. 50 is fabulous. But I have to come up with a way of celebrating it, a, a lockdown-friendly way, because it's in July in about mm. three weeks, and so I need to devise some method of partying. Okay. <laughs> Leave it with me. Okay. I will have a Brilliant. think. So... With this in mind, mm-hmm. the fact that it is Pride Month, it's um, the anniversary, we need to discuss a gay icon today. We absolutely do. Here oh. she is. 
on in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they throw. Papa would do whatever he could. Preach a little gospel. Sell a couple of bottles of doctor's brew. Oh, sorry, sorry. Amazing. I had to do that. Had to do well, that. she is, you know, arguably the biggest gay icon right mm, now. Mm, and that mm. is Cher. Yeah, living, living, definitely. Definitely yeah. living. You've got the music, the movies, the outfits. So we're going to think about what makes this incredible woman such an impressive gay icon. There's nothing Gavin. she can't do. There, there is, is nothing, nothing she, she can't, can't do. do. There is nothing. I mean, she's so camp. Mm. I mean, look at her. I know. She is so camp. For she... Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves, she has the biggest hair I've ever seen. She's... I would say it rivals Diana Ross's big hair yes. in the 70s. And she's in the biggest pair of chandelier earrings, bigger than anything Pat Butcher would have worn. <laughs> and her dress is entirely yellow fringe. Oh, it is, Asymmetrical yes. yellow fringe. Yes. I'm just putting that out there so we've got the queen of reinvention she's ageless she's a strong woman but why is she such a gay icon and i have goosebumps and this is what we're going to little take a a look at so i'm just going to tell you just a little bit of background because we're not going to go through everything in her career because we haven't got too time. Too much. We'd yeah. have to do a whole series, but we, it's too much. And so I just want to start with a little bit of background. So Cher was born, her name's Sherilyn, and I, w- I want to pronounce her surname right, Sarkissian. Sarkissian. Oh, I think of Kardashian. Yes, it is a, a similar is, Armenian. Yes, yes. That's, I was just about to say, it's like Kardashian because... Her father, like um, Robert Kardashian, was Armenian. Ah, right. So like an Armenian-American immigrant. Exactly. Robert Kardashian was uh, an Armenian-American lawyer. Yeah. Her father was an Armenian-American truck driver with some drug and gambling problems. Oh, well, so So, she's challenging. So she's got a challenging past. She has. Her mother, um, Georgia Holt, was an occasional model and a bit part actress who was of Irish, English, Mm. German and Cherokee ancestry. Oh, hence the... Yes. 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 It's all making sense now, isn't it? It's all making sense. And um, her parents divorced when Cher was less than a year old. Her mum actually married six times in total. (gasps) And she moved the family around the country. So she'd lived in New York, Texas, California... And Cher grew up without much mm. money. Um, and at one point, she was actually left in an orphanage for several oh, weeks. No. But, oh my goodness, have you seen the pictures of Cher I am and her mum? Right oh, oh my God. word. Now, so her mum must be, what, 90... She's 94 yes. in that picture. And Cher is 74. 74. Wow. wow. Good genes. Amazing genes. It's the, it's the bone structure in the face. It is. And it's that gorgeous kind of long, long-necked, you know, and, and, and just the kind of... And the big features yeah. that, that make you look younger. Yes, absolutely. And that is, if I look anything like that in my 90s... Oh, my word. That's amazing. Amazing. Now, we know they've had some nipping and tucking. This is well, well oh known. Yeah. She's unashamedly admitted... But there's nips and tucks, and then there's like, you know, well, I want to go to her surgeon. Definitely. I mean, you can only nip and tuck so much. Yeah. You, and then, yeah, you well, know. you've got you to gotta maintain. Yeah. And then, you know, 
but she's it's it's stunning. They both look stunning. Stunning. So Cher had quite a, a difficult upbringing, and then when she was sixteen, she left school and she moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and she went with a friend, and she took some acting classes and supported herself there. And um, she did some dancing in clubs along the Sunset Strip yeah. and introduced herself to performers, managers and agents. Yeah. And that is where she met performer Sonny Bono oh. in November 1962. Mm. And he was actually working for the record producer Phil Spector. Yes, it, <laughs> all, it, all, it all dovetails together interestingly, doesn't it? But yeah. weirdly, so when she met Sonny... He wanted her to move in to be his housekeeper. Oh, really? Did he? Oh, yeah. Sonny. Yes. yes. Now, straight away, can you see how he sort of views her? He wants... Yes. He, he's, he's the master and he wants her to keep house. And it is, isn't it? It is because he uh, had very kind of traditional old-fashioned values. Yes. You know, yes. even though his kind of hip rather hip, kind of groovy image. He was an old-fashioned Italian he, boy yes, he at was. heart, really. he was. And he then introduced, introduced his share to Spectre, and she was actually used as a backup singer on lots of songs that you must oh, know. Wow. Um, Be My Baby. Oh, And wow. um, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. So she was a backup singer Golly. on those. Yeah. And... So, so she's a backup singer. Cher and Sonny become friends, then they become lovers, then they have their own unofficial wedding ceremony yeah. in a hotel room in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. Oh, oh, I've been to Tijuana. Me too. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a, a scary place. Sketchy, uh, full-on experience. It is definitely. It is. Wouldn't necessarily choose it for my oh, wedding no, location. Not necessarily, but it would be very memorable. It that's would for be. Sure. It would be. Um, and it, it was. It's interesting thinking about the relationship because. Sonny wanted to um, launch Cher as a solo artist mm, mm. and it was her that encouraged him to perform with her yeah. because she was very nervous. Yeah, yeah, you can see that in her younger yes. self. Yeah. And she said that she disguised her nervousness by looking at him on stage and you yes. can see that. Yes. You can see yeah. that. And she said when... Um, she was singing, she sort of sang to him. Yes, yes. And that made her feel better about performing. Um, It's like the sort of Dusty Springfield thing, the person with enormous talent who gets horrible stage fright, who Dusty forgot her lines. She would forget the lyrics so that she wrote them on her wrists. Wow. Just inside her cuffs and her sleeve, in her side of her sleeve. So that's when she's holding her hands up in front of her face, looking oh. in that rather kind of quite camp way as Dusty. God love yes. her so much. We have to do Dusty. Yes, we will. Uh, um, and and she re- she's reading the lyrics off her. She's written them in pen on her wrist because she used to forget. Well, we we know from Cher as the, the music career began. We've got amazing, you know, like I got you, babe. Oh. And it's interesting because her nervousness faded. Yeah. And then she wanted to perform mm. as an individual mm. and she wanted to 
break free break from sunny. Hence the yellow fringe dress. The yeah, absolutely. All those great, am- amazing performances. Exactly. Iconic performances. Exactly. Of her and on then TV. you know she she broke free and she had another ill-fated mar- marriage to Greg Allman mm. and she she just got married to him when she found out he was an addict. Oh. And that was that was yeah. very sad. And her during the the late seventies. She then had to reinvent herself. Yeah. She then reinvented herself in the 80s. She really did. And then again in the 90s. And, and the new millennium. Exactly. Well. I remember her reinvention in the 80s. So that's when I. she cropped up. That's when she duetted with Meatloaf on yes. Dead Ringer. So she went, in it was the, sort of like the, the yeah. power ballad. Yeah. The soft Ab- rock. Yeah. That phase. I'm, I'm, oh. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. that. I love if I, I could turn that. back time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh God. I watched that video yesterday. So that outfit. I know. Oh, my God. And all those sailors. The sailors are just like, I mean, oh, I know. I know. But it's like, how camp can you get? She's, She's straddling a pole. <laughs> Surrounded by... Gun. S- yeah, it was a gun. Yes, it was a gun. gun. She's straddling a gun, surrounded by sailors. By butch sailors. Can you get any more camp oh, than that? Weak. I, I, no, come on, tell no. me. No, you can't. I challenge you, Gabby. Can't. No, 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 no. You don't, the only way it can be more camp is if Kenneth Williams is in the audience. <laughs> yeah, and Liza Minnelli comes yeah, on for Liza an encore. Minnelli, yeah, Liza Minnelli, yeah. So, that's a little bit about how she started, but now I want to think about... How did she become a gay icon? And it's really, you know, you've got the, the reference and the iconic status held, you know, share mm. is held up by. And I think it's all because of her career accomplishments. Yeah. You've got the sense of style, you've got the longevity of her yeah. career, and often she has been imitated by drag queens. Yes. That Which is, is very at, important. Because it, there are so many... The, the, the elements of her look can be then imitated. Because they are so over the top. And she's so put together, always. And a lot of it, the key is wigs. Yes. When she was on Andy Cohen, she was on um, what, what, what Happens Live... Oh, what I haven't seen live that one. ...with Andy Cohen. And he asks her a question, and, and she says, it's the secret is the wigs. Because he says, oh, is this not your real hair? And she shakes her head. And it looks mm. beautiful. It's the natural, like, mm. the huge mane of the yeah. dark waves. And she shakes her head, really, like, little tiny shake. And it's like, the secret is wigs, is makeup, is all of that. And it's like, that is her business, is that kind of look. And you know there's a certain look, and it's so synonymous with Cher. Totally, yeah. You know, th- yeah. she's so individual. Yes, and yes. It's um, and then when I was um, trying to find out why drag queens would imitate mm. Cher, Salon magazine said um, drag queens imitate women like Judy Garland, Dolly Parton, and Cher because they overcame insult and hardship on their path to success, mm. and also because their narratives mirror the pain that yeah. many gay men suffer on their way out yeah, of the closet. It, yeah. So I think this is really important because. Cher didn't just have financial hardship yeah. when she was growing up, but she came from a mixed racial background. So, and so she's mm. identifiable as somebody that didn't fit in. She was an outsider, 
which gay people can then relate to. Yeah. And then you've got the storytelling songs like Gypsy's Tragedy. Oh, Thieves the narrative and songs. And Half-Breed. Yes, yes. And the narrative songs, 1970s song stories yes. are like, we have to do an entire feature on them because Andrew Gold share so many song yeah. stories. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, she's, she she was an outcast yes. in that way. Well, in like the equivalent of being in care. Yes. And then from, and no offence to, to her mum, who obviously no. was a hustler, yeah. was a real grafter. Yeah. She had a chaotic she did. home life. Of, she did. Marriages, single parenthood marriages. You know, these are chaotic times for girls. And you think with her very unique looks... Mm. You know, she's part Cherokee, part yeah, Armenian. Yeah. She she stands out. I mean, she's beautiful because she's so, so beautiful, beautiful, but she wouldn't necessarily fit in. Because it, yeah. at that time, remember when she was God, growing up, no. it was all very blonde and blue-eyed wow, in California. No. Yeah. And in she's Hollywood. She's the opposite. She's yeah. the total opposite. And, and also, she was one of the first people to bring drag queens to the masses. Because she had hired drag queens to perform with her at her share in concert in her Las Vegas residency, and this was in 1979. Wow, that I was so going to say. That's ahead of her that time. That is really early. It really is. If you'd said to me the 80s or late or 80s, 90s, that would still, yeah, still that would have been a departure. But absolutely, that's early. absolutely. Yeah. Also, she had a role as a lesbian in the film Silkwood. Yes, with Meryl yes, Streep. Yes. Um, and also, um, in the sitcom Will and Grace, um, she oh, was yes, the idol of yes, the main gay character, yes, Jack McFarlane. Oh, God, and when he she, goes to heaven. And she, she guest starred as herself, and she was in an, in, in an episode in 2000 called yes. Jim, Gypsies, Tramps and Weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I love it's, that. It's, I love Jack's version of Cher. It's brilliant, he just, isn't it? He does the flick of the hair. It's just amazing. And does the voice. Because it's her her kind of contralto, is that right? Yes, Deep, yes. Deeper singing yes, voice yes, as well. It is. Yeah, so. that's another thing. So, also, I think, you know, you've got Cher's talent, her style, and. She's also the queen of reinvention. She's, so mm. she's gone from the, the sort of kind of hippie folk singer in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's been a serious actress. Oh, bloody hell, she's done has her, she? She's yeah. done her soft rock in the 80s. She's done her disco queen in the 90s. Disco, yeah. And she said herself... I've rebirthed myself yeah. so many times, yeah. I should come with my own midwife. She should. She really Isn't should. Isn't that brilliant? She's still got, you know, she's still got a bit of umbilical cord attached. She, she has. <laughs> she has. And I think it's... So thinking about why she is such a gay icon, we've got that initial idea of coming out and knowing that you're different. Mm, mm. It makes you want to seek a powerful role model. Yeah, yeah. And I think women who have been considered outsiders and, and have had to fight their, their way up, like yeah, Cher did. Yeah. Um, she, you know, and, and she's shown herself that she can dress up, she can perform, she can create her own unique oh, universe. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's. I guess it's, it's harder for gay men to find role models of their own sex yeah. Yeah. Um, 
who are so yeah. daring and over the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only one I can think of is Freddie Mercury. Yes, yeah, um, but was obviously not publicly. No. Uh, his sexuality no. was not public no. at no. all. And, and really only once they um, announced his diagnosis. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But then, so that's why she become has become such a, a powerful role model. Yeah, she's to... been there all the way along. Yeah. yeah before and... George Michael or Freddie Mercury yeah. could gain that, any sort of traction and yeah. acceptance and things. And, yeah. you know, she, I, I read another quote saying, I think this is why the gay community has embraced her, because she's a rule breaker and a survivor, and we love mm, that. Yeah. You know, that's... And, and, and I think you're right about the masculine voice. She's got yes, quite a masculine yeah. sound. It is the yeah, contralto. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not just people who grew up with her in the 60s and 70s. The younger people, yeah. you know, her yeah, belief. Yeah, totally, yeah. Absolutely, which is a great yeah. disco. So, I love it. And, and it, don't yeah. forget, recently she was in Mamma Mia too. And she did her residency in Vegas, she didn't did. she? She was she there. She did. Oh, God, I would love to see that. people. A couple I... of my friends were able to go. They went on a trip to bed. They saw her and sent little grainy pictures because they were very far back in the stalls. But it was amazing. They said she's incredible. All the costume changes. It's like, and the fact that she's in her seventies and she's still yeah. doing that really exhausting work, which is live performance yeah, like that. It's really tiring. She's so. Um, Synonymous with Vegas because yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen Tom Jones in Vegas and I've seen Elton John in oh, Vegas. Wow. <laughs> I would love to see yeah. I would love to see Cher in Vegas. I would love to see Britney Spears yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, complete the whole. I yeah, want to, I'd love the, to the Vegas residences. I, yeah. yeah, even Celine Dion. Celine, she's yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah, you know. she's yeah. Um, yeah. Why the long face? <laughs> Why the long face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think her over and, and also her overall persona, she she sort of seems quite down to earth. Yeah. Dis- yeah. Despite the glamorous costume. Yeah. And she's got the freedom to be who she yeah. wants to be, which I think is another reason yeah. why she is a gay yeah. icon. Um, mm. I have to mention another reason why she's so prominent and loved by the gay community and that is her work closely with Bob Mackie yes the designer you can't really share and Bob Mackie go hand in hand they do they're I, totally and, synonymous and I found this quote in which, oh. which he said about his his design philosophy for share was more razzle dazzle less fabric oh god yeah yeah and I'm going to have to Google some of them. Oh, do. And then Cher said, without mm. him, I would have been a peacock without any <gasps> Oh. So what's your favourite Cher look? Like, I, well, you drew my attention to one that I hadn't, don't think I'd seen and hadn't seen in years, which was her Met Gala. Met Gala 1974. And I'm... Met Gala, share 1974. 1974. See, 1974. I mean, uh, I mean, this shows how ahead of her time she yeah. was. I mean, oh god, click on that one, Gabby. Oh my god, it's it's, it's, it's Kim Kardashian. Eat your yeah, heart out. I mean, it is like a gorgeous sheer boho feathered 
all-in-one suit with silver platform heels. Now, she's walking along beside someone who looks like Miss Havisham, carrying a vintage vintage embroidered purse with what looks like a pair of neck curtains. And Cher looks like a... A goddess. A goddess. She looks like a, a, a... a, a, a Grecian type of like air spirit and it's all like threaded with silver her costume is beautiful it's a sheer bodysuit with like threaded with silver and then feathered marabou feathers at the legs and the sleeves it's amazing like a, a wonderful feathered hippie fairy it's it's so ahead you of its could time you could walk down a catwalk in that today yes you could you could turn yes, up at the could. met ball today yes you could yes. it's a completely timeless outfit now can you please just for just for my amusement could you google share if i could turn back time oh yes okay i could turn back time with the images I mean, the what one. is this? It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's this. It's that. One. It's this one. Yeah, it's the, so it's like two leather belts. Mm, that's yeah. That and a biker jacket. A biker jacket and a, 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 a and a and a black net bodysuit. And it was and it's the um, it's the sort of um, the boots as well, wasn't it? Because it's like the yeah the built oh, in the, the suspenders the built in suspenders yes. boots. I, I, is I amazing. Just, I just yeah. love it. I'd wear those tomorrow. The boots and suspenders. I I, I would wear that outfit, but <laughs> yes. my sons might be a bit embarrassed. See, my sons don't mind me wearing things too much oh, like no, that. Not sort of sexy no. No, things, but they they don't mind. Today I'm wearing a black bowler hat with a bandana, a turquoise bandana around it, just to let you know, people. Well, today this is one my, of my look, lockdown looks. Well, today my son thinks I'm childish because I've got a little Mickey Mouse symbol. symbol. I was, I've noticed that. It's lovely. I wasn't it's, just staring at your tits. <laughs> I noticed how lovely, and I thought, that is a Mickey Mouse it symbol. Is. It, it is. It's very, it's, it's very minimalist. It's very minimalist. I'm, it's lovely. I, I'm lo- yeah, I suppose fine. I am looking camp, yeah. <laughs> I am looking quite camp. As I was leaving the house, my husband said, it looks very cabaret. I think it might also be my peacock blue sequined face mask that I'm, I'm now sporting. In, Why not? In COVID, in the era of COVID. Why not? Why not? You know, you need to... We've got to do this. We've got to be masked up. Why not do it with a bit of style? Exactly. I've got some mirror and some sequins on it and peacock blue. So, so back to Cher. Back to Cher. She compete. has transformed fashion and become one of the most influential style icons in red carpet history. And I think in the 60s, she was that hippie folk singer. Mm. 70s, she did become a sex symbol and with her inventive and revealing Mackie designed yeah. outfits and after that she's she's dressed on the best dressed women list yeah. and you know Mackie himself said there hasn't been a girl like Cher since Dietrich and Garbo she's a high fashion star who appeals to people of all ages so Cher was given mm. her space among the legends yeah and you know just, just looking at that Met Gala, yeah, um, outfit. Like you say, Beyonce, J Lo, Kim Check, Kardashian yeah. could all wear it, and and yeah, they almost, you know, they they'll try to emulate that they style. Will. And you know what? You mentioning that they may have one or two lot looks every 
few years that become these iconic looks. Yes. With Cher, all of them. Absolutely. All of them. I Everything absolutely. that she, tur- she turns you out. You know, you think about Jayla with the Vis- yeah, the green Versace, Versace dress. slashed Yes, dress. so that's yeah. one yeah. really iconic J-Lo yeah. look. I can't think of any more. No, there's nothing that immediately springs to mind. No. But I'm thinking about Cher in her half-breed outfit. Yes. In the, you know, looking the boho. Yes. Dead ringer. Yeah. The, the turn If back I could turn back time, time. The Mackie the, number the, further the Oscar winning. Yeah. With the and coloured the believe, wig. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, her Mackie Oscar winning, which is like a showgirl. Oh, yeah. Outfit. Yeah, it's, the it's, big... It's um, enormous. Yeah. With the headdress. What do you call it? The headdress. Yeah, the yeah, headdress. She looks yeah. just Vegas in that. And, you know, thinking now about why... I mean, God, I've given you enough reasons why she's yeah, gay. There's no re- yeah, there's but, no... Yeah, there's no... But, you know, in later years, her son, Chas Bono, Trans- born yes, absolutely. So, Chastity came out as gay when she, she was 17, and then... Um, it's now a man. Yes, and 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 I remember in the interview with Cher where she mentions Chaz being brought out for the Sunny and Cher show, yes. and they did the bedtime yes. thing when she's a little yes. tiny, yes. tiny. She's so sweet. But I, the, I really respect Cher yeah. because she said she felt guilt, fear, and pain. Yeah. And she found it really hard, her her daughter transitioning to a man, and she wasn't afraid to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when she did accept her, her son, she realised that Chaz, as well as other LGBT yeah. people, didn't have the same rights as everyone else. No, exactly. And she thought that was really yeah. unfair. And she, yeah. you know, she wouldn't have been so aware of that if she hadn't had a child yeah. who'd gone through that yeah. experience. And she then, you know, not only emerged as a gay icon, but she became a really good role model for straight parents who had gay, lesbian, you know, transgender Mm. children. Because she, you know, she admitted how hard she found it. Yeah, that it's tough. It's really, you know, and she then could help other families. Mm. Come to terms with this. Yes, it is. It and is find a, a way thing, forward. Yeah. It is about because it's a, it's a new thing, not that not the identity issues about gender. The new thing is the fact that medical science can assist people to create the transition yes. with treatments, with yes. surgery, everything. And that's the thing now people can face that really tough, mm. really tough process of treatment and surgery, but. And but, it's about everybody around them being able to support them through it. Well, as well. And, and then being able to, you know, yeah. science can do so much, can but do it's so also much, your, but your, yeah. your mental well being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, Without, you know, being secure and being accepted yeah. as, as a, a new identity. Yeah, exactly. So it's really, it, you know, she, she has helped a lot of people. I remember another thing about her. God, this will make you cry. Because when Sonny died, oh, when yes, he had yes. the accident yes. that caused the skiing accident, skiing, yes. and when you look at her, the eulogy that she gave at his funeral, because there's all there's like his wife and his mm, other family. Mm, you know, he went mm. on and had another yeah. family, but she was asked to speak yeah, yeah. as obviously as Chaz's mother, mm, as his mm. wife, you know, ex-wife, and she gave she gives such a moving eulogy where she talks about him, always called him son. She said, when son took me on, and when she said, you know, and she admits again, it was a painful, difficult time that they both went through. 
and that she did all of her growing up. She was so much younger. She did, you know, had to, you know, she sort of grew up and it wasn't the best marriage, but she, they loved each other. Mm. In the end, they loved each other and she was so happy for him and, you know, in his family and him being, like, going into politics and all that and him being really, like, well-known for the... And she was really gracious and her... That is so moving. Like, if you'd ever have to give a eulogy for your ex, but you have a child together, Mm. you shared so much, Mm. and the way she talked about him was so moving and respectful... Well, they no. must have had a very respectful relationship because otherwise she would have been asked yeah. to, to exactly, do that, yeah, that eulogy yeah. by his and current wife. And I think wife. that's so much that about her. Yes. That says a lot about her. It, it really about, does. Yeah. It and really she does. said that she learned from him. She said he was like the best teacher, the best he did. He did so much for her, mm. even though obviously there's negative things about the relationship, but she's someone who sees the positives. You oh, I tell. love that. I love it's that. It's really moving. So... Cher is now 74 and, you know, whilst a lot of men, gay gay men as well, are attracted by youth and beauty, Cher has managed to maintain that and has managed to maintain her her fan base and I think a lot of gay men must see her as the understanding and fabulous mother that that they don't have if if they don't. You know, she she is sort of a, a mother figure. Yeah. Absolutely, now she's, yeah. And, um, you know, she's she's had so many amazing achievements. You know, the fact that she's had, you know, successful music in every decade. Every decade. And she's Oscar winner. Movie career, Oscar nominated and an Oscar winner. Yes, and, you know, you don't have to be gay to admire that. No. Um, But, you know, she really, she's got a lot of things that we, we all would yeah. like to aspire yeah. to and I think really in the end she's it's she's showing that she's been really boldly true to herself yeah and she does what she wants to do and she looks yeah. how she wants to look and it doesn't matter what society no. thinks a 74 year old yeah look like. exactly she's yeah you know very self-assured and, and mm-hmm. confident in yeah. how she is and um William J. Mann, the author of Gay Pride, a celebration of all things gay and lesbian, says, we'll be dancing to a 90-year-old share when we're 60. Oh. Just watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, and I will be. Yes. About 60-ish. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you've got a picture here. This is what this 70 and 90 so looks like. this is from four or five years ago with her and her mother, where it says, Mum has no makeup on. And wow. her mum looks great, and she and they look. They, she, you know, you can show, you can see how much she loves and admires her own mother. That's nice. Yeah, and that's lovely. Wonderful. Oh, golly, I'm all like, I'm all a bit weepy now. I know. It's it's really. I, I this weekend I've been thinking about you know gay pride and funny enough in 1997 Mm. my boyfriend who is now my husband and I were in New York for a a few days and we got caught up in the gay pride march and that was 1997 and we were with somebody who who um is very dear to me and he's not here anymore unfortunately yeah and we were visiting him and he was not somebody 
who'd feel comfortable being in a gay pride was march. Was he not? No, okay. he was. He was um, traditional. He was fella. a very yeah. traditional yes. um, from Soviet Union. Oh right, yes, well, from Georgia, well, yes. Georgia, yes. former USSR. Very problematic um, place to. Yeah. So he grew up there, and he was he was somebody that would not have been comfortable with it. And the funny thing was that we were suddenly in the middle of this march, and it, yeah. it was so funny yeah. because he was suddenly this <laughs> Just, most yeah. been in Congress. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really yeah. funny, and Mark and I found it very very amusing. Yeah. But it just makes me think of him. Yeah, it's really, really interesting, like you say about it. it there have, recently, there's been a lot of time for reflection, and yes. things have crept up on us. Because there's like, what what day is this? What week is this? Yeah. It's all very confusing. And so things creep up on you and you suddenly realise, oh, wow, it's, you know, it's, and it's almost that time. It's I, almost, yeah, you know, I can't believe that that would have been 23 years ago. Mm. And it feels like yesterday, really. Yeah. It's, it's very scary. <laughs> Try... Try, try th- think about that when you're going to turn 50. Oh, That's gosh. all I'm going to say. Oh, gosh. I'm going to talk about a little bit... I'm going to do a little bit of um, an interesting detail look of a couple of Cher's films. So looking at her acting. Mm. And I just think that there's something marvellous about her in, in respect of acting. And, and, it, and like you were talking about her nervousness and how difficult she found mm. it to be, you know... And I think that she took to acting in a similar kind of way, I think. Mm. She sort of, she was able to share the screen with some amazing actors and performers from the get-go because she had that kind of introduction to it. She was a huge star. She was one of the biggest stars in the country, you know, with a TV show, everything. And really, her movie career took off um, with Silkwood in 1983. For which she was, I mean, she kind of like hit, a, almost hit a home run first, you know, at the gate. She get, she was nominated Best Supporting Actress for that role. Um, and she was already a huge star and she'd been in, um, she played the character Sissy in Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Oh, yes. In 1982. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, as yes. a kind of, like that was the kind of indie type start for um for movies for her but then with her second role she she got she got an oscar nomination and she's in silkwood meryl streep played karen silkwood you know based on a true story and she's alongside meryl streep so you can see really how she kind of hit what the what Hollywood really wanted in that kind of supporting actress role. And I think that's where her her strength lies in really slotting alongside other really great performers. You can see that she kind of enjoys being, you know, opposite someone who is maybe a lot bigger than her and certainly larger than life even than she is. Yeah. Um, She then played, after Silkwood, she plays... She played Rusty in Mask in 1985. Oh, yes. of the course. mother of Rocky I, Dennis. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's really good. So heartbreaking. Again, uh, yeah. based on another two story. I don't think I, I know of the story. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. No, I don't. I definitely haven't. Yeah. But I know of the st- 
yeah. story. Well, it's with Rocky Dennis. He was born with like um, a like the sort of a malformation of his skull and face yes. and everything. Yeah, kind of bone disorder. So sort of like a genetic disorder. So he has this really over enlarged forehead. Yeah, and enlarged kind of facial features, and was because um, he had red hair. She used to the, his mum and share as Rusty his biker mum um, in the movie says you're like a lion so she always oh, calls yeah. him a lion and she just and she and she was the sort of figure in Rocky's life who she gave him confidence mm. she told him he was beautiful mm. so Cher plays again she's that yeah. kind of outsider yeah. now it's not all fun and games because she's a, she's a mother with like addiction problems she's a heroin addict in it she's got really chaotic relationships you know she's part of like a biker gang and that's one of her kind of signature looks she plays the kind of rock that's, that's chick, very, biker that's chick very it's 80s very her share, yeah very it? 80s yeah and she's very but she's sympathetic she's also on a mission so you can see there's this kind of like um, this sort of level of, um, you know, being part of a kind of um, a person who sort of has to kind of like show grit and determination. Mm. She likes mm. these kind of challenging roles. Yeah, oh, definitely. But the one that I'm going to focus on um, initially with this is in 1987, she played Alexandra in The Witches of East. Oh my God. So I was obsessed with this film <laughs> in the late 80s because of my Jack Nicholson crush. Ooh. This is oh. problematic, but we won't. Maybe we won't. We'll dig. We'll dig down on that one as to where that came from. <laughs> on another. On another program, we'll do. We'll do our embarrassing crushes. I'm not embarrassed. I know by you're it. not embarrassed not by it, but it's like guilty pleasures, but not guilty. Non-guilty crushes. I had several. I've, I won't go to them now because it'll go off the point. <laughs> but it's based on John Updike's original novel, The Witch of yes. the You've got Jane, played by yes. Susan Sarandon. Yes. Suki, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Amazing actresses. And Daryl Van Horn, played by Jack Nicholson. What this also signalled is a, a really like solid, long-standing friendship that she developed with Michelle Pfeiffer. They became like BFFs, like best girlfriends. Oh. And have, I think they've remained so to this day. But they've always been like really tight. Sorry to go off the point, Ooh. but I'm sure, didn't I read that Cher turned down a role in Thelma and Louise? I'm probably she did. yes, probably so the Gina Davis role. This, this yeah, was about yeah. the same time, yeah, wasn't it? That was with Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah so that was. Mm. I think Thelma's was slightly mm. later. Yeah, yeah, um, a bit later. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it one of the things that um one of the things that this the, the film does is slightly remove some of the kind of edge and vindictiveness in the novel. John Updike's novel is very cynical. Yeah. It's very sort of. Um, it, it was the film was accused of being slightly misogynistic and exploitative of the three leading women because it seems that they still have to justify themselves through a man. But I mean, you know, we're, we're talking, uh, I, we're talking the the three female leads dominate this throughout. Well, they do, and they they all seem quite happy to. Yeah. To meet Daryl. Yes. This is the thing because Suki has been left by her husband. Yes. Divorced. 
yeah. deserted, deserted and, and dead. dead. Yes. Yeah. Death. Oh, see, I remember that. Yeah. Well, Suki's husband's left her because she's had six daughters, one after the other, in quick succession. She's got this kind of huge brood of noisy mm. girls, and her husband left her because she was having too many babies. And of course, you know, as people point out, well, he didn't. He have something to do yeah, that as yeah, well. Yeah, that wasn't just her fault. Susan Sarandon. Jane is a cellist. Yes, I remember. And, yes. and Suki's a writer. Yes. And uh, Alex is the sculptress yes. with her Venus of Willendorf yes. sculptures. Oh, yeah. And Daryl says, you need to do it larger, more boobies, is his words. And so she's doing an enormous one out of stone yes. in the backyard. There's those kind of, that's that's what I think gives the movie such, you know, it's such a buoyant, silly, funny movie. But it has a lot of dark, you know, it's, got, it's a dark comedy, dark, yeah. dark comedy. Because there's Felicia, who's yes. the, the sort of morally oh, upright yes. Yes. Christian woman. Yes. And she's saying, you don't know, the devil's in town. And then she's caught, she has an accident. It's all like kind mm. of... A, and it's got a very, uh, it's got a very uh, crucible feel mm. to it, you mm. know, with all that about the kind of witch, mm. witches in yeah. New England. Yeah. You know, it's set in the kind of polite Rhode Island society. So it's John Updike being very satirical and things, but it, it just really kind of... Um, it's really the set pieces that are fantastic with Cher and with Sarandon and Viverin. It's just really marvellous. And Alex is the character who kind of, she stands up to Daryl. It's that she's the sort of one who kind of, because she's she's experienced death and losing her husband, she sort of hasn't fallen, she didn't fall out of love with him. Mm. She's got a very solid life with her and her daughter and yeah. she does her sculptures. She really sort of dedicates herself. And, you know, they've all got their kind of creative outlet and Daryl helps them realise it yes. even more. But then he kind of turns into a whiny boyfriend because they won't pay him enough attention. Um, but the one characteristic, there's a, there's a lot of tricky territory, but it's very entertaining. The great characteristic is that once they all fall in love with him, sort of, and fulfil their destiny, they all get fabulous hair. Oh, yeah. And suddenly they're all sort of transformed into these, you know, they they look just very sort of ordinary and slightly kind of like dishevelled, you know, women juggling, all sorts of things. And then he he kind of like introduces this sex and creativity into their lives and they suddenly have fabulous big hair so Cher her hair can just go everywhere yeah, yeah. you know the others have to rely on loads of you know but Cher just has to undo her hair and it's just like everywhere and that's the sort of thing it's a, a what's what's interesting again this is sort of says something about Cher's attitude is as recent as 2016 Susan Sarandon in an interview, kind of dissed Cher about the work when they were working on Witches of Eastwick. She said something along the lines of, "Well, Cher didn't really want to be want to have to turn up for the scenes in which she didn't have anything to do, and that she was a little bit kind of like being a bit of a kind of diva." And 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 sort of saying and but and Susan Sarandon said, "Well, I think it's maybe because she was a bit kind of nervous about her acting, as if to say." Well, you know, yeah. I'm the great Susan Sarandon. I'm an actress. Mm. Shares a TV star singer. I mean, it, whether it was meant as a barbed comment, I don't know. But Cher replied on Twitter very graciously. She said, "That's just not true." And she said, "Don't forget, honey. Should I had an Oscar nomination <laughs> under Ooh. my belt already?" And 
you know, and I and I love you, Susan. That's what she said. So, Kill them with yeah. kindness. Exactly, which I think is kind of shares, you know, shares way of being. So we come to the wonderful Moonstruck, then oh. 1987's Moonstruck, for which Cher won the best Oscar. Yes. And she stars alongside someone who is probably one of the few people who could out-camp her in many different ways, and that's Nick Cage as Ronnie Camareri, yes. who is the yes. her, the protagonist in it. Now, he, in our house, we have a thing about Nick Cage. My sons think he's fantastic. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And they do Nicolas Cage impersonations and the bit where he holds up his hand in Moonstruck because he's got a wooden hand. Oh, yes. Because he got distracted. And he says, I lost my hand. I lost my bride. <laughs> Because Cher's character, uh, Loretta Castorini, is engaged to uh, Ronnie's brother. Oh, that's right, yeah, and she falls for the younger brother. Danny Aiello plays Johnny Camareri. Yes, that's right. And Nick Cage plays Ronnie. Okay, yeah. And so she has to go to Ronnie as a favour for her fiancé because he's going to see their mother in Sicily, who's supposedly dying, but she's not really. <laughs> she's kind of doing it for attention. Ah. That's pop. But she, so, so, so Loretta has to go and talk to Ronnie and say, can you reconcile with your brother and come to the wedding? And that's when he explains to her that um, it went once Ronnie was engaged to be married, but then his brother came in and distracted him when he was working on the meat slicer and he had his hand cut off. Oh dear. <laughs> That's why he holds up the wooden hand. Says, I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Vincent Gardenia plays uh, Loretta's father and Olympia Dukakis plays oh. her mother. So they have wonderful scenes together. Um, she, you know, there's Loretta and her mother having wonderful scenes. And it's all kind of set in the evening and at night in New York and in the early morning mm. as a kind of romantic comedy. Mm. It's all about the sort of like... Uh, that kind of like times of the day and night where you can kind of be a bit carefree and there's a full moon ah. and that's the moonstruck ah. thing about falling in love right? and howling at the moon and she says to Ronnie Loretta says to Ronnie you're a wolf you're, he's like an injured wolf that he's kind of crawled away to his den and he won't let anyone near him so she says you have to let me in you have to let me near you and then that results in them Bam, falling in love and having like phenomenally good sex like within the first day of meeting each other and then she says we can't do this again <laughs> and then he's like <laughs> he takes her to the opera and it's like I want you again and they just uh, and they have a wonderful irresistible chemistry it's so funny watching this love story unfold between them and she gets herself done up she has her grey hairs died out and she gets like a dress to go out and so she kind of like comes out of her shell a bit and it is really charming and you and and but it's that thing that way of I think how she played it which won her the Oscar because she makes a lot of what could be a very sort of like very kind of like two-dimensional role so she she, she becomes a very a sympathetic character because very it would sympathetic, be very yeah. easy to not be given you could just that. be really bland yeah. in it basically you could be really bland 
but it becomes they kind of keep the backdrop to it is like the kind of operatic passion because they keep playing that's the sort of soundtrack to it he ronnie takes her to the opera all this you know it's all this very italian kind of mm. you know mm. and it and it becomes this really epic love story in the end oh. but then they're all sitting around having breakfast then when she has to announce to the family oh, that she's no longer no. in love with johnny that she loves ronnie and that oh, she's gonna God. and he has to ask permission to marry her and the family were like what's going on and it's all like and it shows all the love affairs and the relationships her aunt and uncle have this lovely charming love relationship still they're madly in love with each other after 40 years and they run like a delicatessen and she's and and this is the line that the aunt says to the uncle she says i see the wolf in all men i see the wolf in you Oh. It's when the moon's out, it's like the wolf comes out. Oh. And it's just such a... It's lovely. I want to watch and that now. Watch it. If you've not seen it, you will love it. You will absolutely love it. And I think that's the kind of, you know, that's the way that I think that's her that's her knack that she had of being able to, I think, be given something that I think a lot of other people wouldn't necessarily have found that in the role so, and turned it into something that yes. is, you know, actually is a really, like, a standout film. So she takes a, a simple character, yeah. she brings empathy for that character, yeah. Yeah. and she's sort of like the outsider, downtrodden, yeah. but she fights her way yeah. to the top. And, and her and Nicolas Cage, I think, are the two that turn what would have been a sympathetic, charming rom-com yes. into something yes. that is like, actually, wow, this yes. is a Oscar really winning. good bit of cinema, yeah. 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 And it's got, the, the, the soundtrack is with the Dean, when that, that's Amore, it's oh. the soundtrack, they use that in it, as well as loads of opera, they've got lots of Verdi and lots of, you know, Puccini, so it's like really like epic and it's lovely. Oh, so. that sounds wonderful. I mean, I want to watch that and I yeah. also, really want to watch The Witches of East. Oh, watch. I want to watch it again and again now. Yeah. There's the bit in it where they're all looking really gorgeous and glam in different, like, kind of nightwear. Oh, yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer has the most gorgeous pair of what looked like Versace silk pyjamas. Um, oh. And I just, like, I thought, oh, no, I just need those. Oh, my gosh, that's, <laughs> that is a dream. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that would be amazing. The, their looks in it, their outfits, all of that are wonderful. And you just think, yeah, there's some... St- certain styles never go out. They it's don't. Great. And, you know, I, I think Cher is amazing because yeah. she has her own unique style she is not afraid to be herself yeah she doesn't imitate others she's no. very comfortable in being herself yeah. and i think you know that that's something we all yeah. need to be comfortable in our own skin Absol- and that's to be admired it in the industry that she's certainly, in certainly yeah. certainly and yeah and a lot of very young boyfriends i think yeah tom and, cruise val yeah. kilmer oh. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, well, you know, we'll leave it there now. <laughs> and yeah. happy Pride, everybody. Yeah, let's, yeah happy Pride. Um, you know, love is love. And we'll be back on schedule with some more more exciting um, um, Noir Hangers very Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Love you all. Love you all.